This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Broncos country. We are back with something, something Broncos. No Jess today, no Mike, just uh, me, Tim Lynch, and Chris Hart. Uh, we're gonna hear. We're gonna talk about the game today with the between the Broncos and the and the Washington Commanders. Uh, final score: thirty-five, thirty-three. Kind of a thrilling ending. Um, pretty exciting, but. A large stretch of time between the first quarter or the you know first part of the second quarter to the end of the game where it was just ass. So yeah, what what were your thoughts on the game, Chris? Like like I had said before, we had started recording. Everyone was excited when the Broncos started off hot, twenty one to three. Joe Mahoney, our, uh, a resident stat guru, uh, an expert at Mile High Report, had actually dug up a stat that Denver hadn't started a game with three consecutive touchdowns. On the last time we thought maybe it was the Peyton Manning area uh, era, it was 2010 against the Chiefs. And when you start out 21 to three, you're optimistic. Life's good. You're feeling like the Broncos are going to get the first win. But then, you know, on that fourth drive that they had that they were nearing the red zone, Wilson had that fumble, which shouldn't have even been a fumble technically because of the face mask by Jameen Davis. And and then the wheels fell off. It, It was full on collapse after that in any steam and a progress that the Broncos had just immediately vanquished. And the commanders had, what was it, 18 straight points on top of that. And then Denver's last lead was on that field goal where they're up 24 to 21. You know, I was feeling good in the first half, but feeling quite terrible in the second half. There's just uh, a lot of things that really went wrong. And it's just mad. You know, (laughs) this was the worst possible way that they could have lost. I, you know, I saw a glimmer of what this team could be. 
And then I was reminded of what this team has been and continues to be <laughs> over the last five years. So it sucked. You know, the middle part of the game really sucked. Uh, it was 35-24 with like four minutes to go. I was like, it's over, you know. They 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 kind of dink and dunk down the field, got that field goal with, with like 90 seconds left. I was like, man, they really wasted a lot of time just to kick a field goal inside the 10. Um, you know, I, I had my post game all written up. It was pretty negative, you know, on the team thinking it was going to be 35, 27. And then of course, you know, <laughs> Russell Wilson chucks the ball up and gets triple tipped into Brandon Johnson's hands for the touchdown. I was like, okay, rewrite enabled. got to rewrite everything. And, you know, that was a pretty exciting play. It felt good to, to see that happen. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton got absolutely jobbed in the end zone on the two-point conversion. Of course, the refs don't call it because they don't call nothing for us. Like, they just uh, – I'm just so sick of refs, too. Like, no consistency at all. Uh, I don't know how many face mask penalties Russell Wilson has to get before he actually gets a call. Maybe they just need to rip his head off. Um, it's just – stuff like that is irritating. Uh, but I was happy with the way they ended the game. You know, the, one of my biggest gripes – with the Broncos in recent years is just the lack of fire, the lack of heart, just no backbone. You know, it's just, they fold so easily in games. It's, it's enraging, <laughs> um, but they didn't, they didn't quit. They, they, they played until the very end. They almost tied it up there at the end. They, you know, yeah, they stumbled through a large part of the game, but they didn't just quit and pack it in like they've done every other freaking game the last six years. They fought for that. They fought for it, you know? So maybe maybe they're close. Maybe they're not there yet, but they're close. You know, I'm going to hold on to that today. I'm disappointed, but I'm I'm going to cling to whatever bit of happiness or, or, or hope that there might be out there. And, and that's going to be that's going to be the where I'm going to be at for right for after this game. Right. And, and on that note, you know, obviously we're all upset over this uh, heartbreaking loss today, but I did want to highlight at least one major positive from today's game. That's kind of somewhat of a negative Marvin Mims, our second round pick out of Oklahoma, our rookie wide receiver. He had 150 all purpose yards in the first half. He had that big touchdown. He had that other big grab for 50 yards. He was two for two for what 115 yards and that touchdown in the first half. You know, and earlier in the week, I had wrote it. They really oh, and the punt return. Yeah, and the punt return for 45 yards. So he was at 150 all-purpose yards in the first half. I had wrote about it earlier in the week. This guy is a dynamic playmaker. Sean Payton is a great play caller. Let's find a way to get him involved in the game. Because with Jerry Judy out on the field, he's going to demand attention. Cortland Sutton was rather quiet today. But, you know, he's a pro, so he's going to demand attention. Marvin Mims is going to get those one-on-one -on -one looks in the passing game. And in the first half, you couldn't have scripted it any better. It's like, holy cow, this kid might have 200, 250 yards by the time the game's done. He had a rush in the second half, yep. and I don't think one he was touch. targeted. Yeah, he had one touch but no targets in the passing game, which absolutely blows my mind. But now to turn this to Negativeville, to, to Negative Town. You know, I thought the Broncos offensive line did a pretty darn good job protecting Russell Wilson in the first half. You know, I had written earlier in the week that, you know, that, that Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young, that defensive line is quite formidable. They did a really good job in the first half keeping Russell Wilson clean. In the second half, that offensive line looked 
absolutely terrible. I mean, Ron Rivera must have saw some things and had some remarkable second half adjustments because I don't know. Yeah, if they you had guys six were sacks. Too- they had six sacks on Russell Wilson. I, I saw seven on NFL's game or, day stats, but yeah, six or seven. You're right. You're right. The, the one, I'm not counting the last one. I, it yeah. was late. So that's seven, and, and, and that's absolutely terrible. And the unfortunate thing is Ben Powers, who, who was signed not because he was a really good run blocker with the Ravens uh, in, in that offense. He was a prolific pass protector. He was getting bodied all second half. <laughs> From the interior with Allen and Payne just switching, you know, switching three technique, one technique, zero technique. They were all switching over, and he was just getting demolished. And honestly, fans don't want to hear this. Mike McGlinchey did not look that good either. And that is very concerning that the Broncos just poured, what, over combined $120 million into those contracts, and they're playing this bad. That's not good. The ironic thing is, is Lloyd Cushenberry, who everyone thought was probably the weakest link on the Broncos line, probably played the best today. Yeah. I mean, that's an ongoing issue is just, you know, this year is no different than any other year when it comes to trying to find an offensive line in Denver. So, you know, I don't think, I don't think they've really had a great one since Mike Shanahan, you know, Peyton Manning was good at just handling it and getting the protections in because he could read defenses really well. Um, You know, another thing, Sean Payton's meeting with the media after the game. Um, he did call out the defense, said he wasn't happy with the way the defense played, uh, didn't like the way the tackling, overall tackling, and, and the commander's run game. Um, he noted that they're going to see a lot better offenses than the one they saw today. So, you know, good on him calling them out because they need some accountability on that side of the ball. They just, they sucked. The defense absolutely stunk it up today. Yeah, there was some improved pass rush. I thought Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito and their snaps as far as getting after Sam Howell looked pretty good, but the defensive line definitely regressed in respect to the running game. Brian Robinson had a pretty good game on the ground. I think he ended with like 15 touches for 90 yards or whatnot, but uh, just miscommunication, uh, missed tackles. Uh, Scotty had mentioned in the chat and the group chat and whatnot. And I, it's something that I'd seen while watching the middle of the field coverage, playing those zone looks and dropping in zone. The middle of the field was wide open for Sam Howell to pick apart all game long. And it's just absolutely frustrating yes. to see that because it's, maddening. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, and I, and, and I wrote in my scouting the enemy article, I actually liked Sam Howell a lot coming out as a quarterback. I thought he would have been a late day two pick third round pick someone that could eventually be maybe a, a mid-level starter in the NFL to someone that's passable. Uh, he's got a live arm. Uh, he reads defenses pretty well for a young guy, and he just destroyed and picked apart the Broncos in the middle of the field. And he also, unfortunately, uh, Damari Mathis had another terrible game, allowing multiple touchdowns. Multiple well, I think the whole secondary covers. is not doing well uh, outside of Pat Sertain. Uh, you know, like – yeah, Justin Simmons the, doesn't look good. Uh, Kareem Jackson, I mean, he got ejected for that dirty, dirty hit in the end zone. But who's playing well in the secondary besides Patrick Sertain? Nobody. Yeah, nobody. I mean, Bassey so. wasn't terrible in the first game or whatnot. Um, he, he, he was definitely late to a couple of plays in that nickel position today, uh, playing in that role, and he actually got moved to safety with uh, the ejections and the injuries that the Broncos had. But you're absolutely right. You know, 
when we all started the season, when we were all doing our preseason write-ups and everything, you were looking at what would be the strengths of this team, this defense or whatnot. And we all thought with, you know, Kareem Jackson coming back, Justin Simmons being a really good player, Patrick Sertan, Damari Mathis taking that leap in his second year, adding Riley Moss, et cetera, that the Broncos had a bona fide and deep secondary. And in today's game, they absolutely looked like one of the worst in the league. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that that can get fixed. Um, I'm not too sure what the issue might be. Uh, one of the things that I would think, just based off my football knowledge and comparing uh, defenses from the past couple of years, we're seeing a lot more zone looks rather than off-man and press-man coverages, which might be a little bit uh, of a struggle for some of these players, especially Damari Mathis, because when he played at Pitt, he was more of a press-man player, more physical in your face. So him having to play off and playing in zone probably isn't really conducive to his skill set or him growing as a player. So I'm hoping that, you know, uh, Vance Joseph can sit down with Christian Parker, who's obviously a good defensive backs coach, uh, a rising star in the league, you know, according to insiders that, you know, cover the National Football League. He's going to get uh, a shot at being defensive coordinator. They need to sit down together. They need to get that room together and they need to figure out what's working, what's not working and, and really improve because as you had mentioned earlier, and just, you know, like you said, uh, Sean Payton had said in his postgame presser, the Broncos are going to have to play a lot better offenses the rest of the year. Uh, and, and, you know, I like Sam Howell. I'm not, you know, going to dog him. I'm not going to say that he's a good quarterback, but he's not Justin Herbert. He's not Patrick yeah. Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not even close to being on the level of those players. And the Broncos are going to face multiple uh, of those guys I just listed the rest of the year. And if Sam Howell can do this to this defense today, I don't even want to think or consider what those quarterbacks who are the elite, the best of the best could do to this Broncos defense. So that probably by and large, more than the offensive line, more than the turnovers, more than any other critique worries me the most. Yeah. And I mean, a, a big part of that, you know, I, I, I did hear from Jess. He said, um, you know, he wasn't able to make it because he had stripped all of his clothes off and wandered in the woods. So he's he's having a moment. Um, pretty Sometimes a man's got to get primal. <laughs> he's over it, you know. But um, I think a lot of it comes down to Vance Joseph's defense. You know, I, I this is this this is the defense that drove me mad in 2017 and 18, where just the wide the, the middle of fields is wide open all day long, and then it's just. I don't know. It just seems like quarterbacks just pick his defense of defenses apart. I, I, I need, I, I need that to stop for my own mental health. Is that yeah. possible? <laughs> yeah. You, you know, and it's just, it's one of those things that, you know, I don't want to say it's going to be a lingering issue that, you know, kind of proliferates throughout, you know, throughout the, the rest of the year. But I honestly, you know, for his defense, at least, and, and the players that we have in the secondary and just across the board, I mean, I'm not dogging Jonathan Harris here or, or Matt Henningsen or Elijah Garcia, who was inactive today. But those players are, are, are at best, you know. Well, I think a lot of it actually came to the linebacker play. Um, you know, there, those, there, were, there were a lot of times where I, I saw just, Alex Singleton just get gobbled up. I think he finished with like um, one tackle and two assists, and he's he's the guy that's supposed to be mopping up. You know, he just wasn't there at all. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is is and, and and I was really happy with the way he played last year. 
Uh, yeah, compared to, compa- compared to what he was in college, uh, coming out of Montana State, and to what we had saw with him with the Eagles and elsewhere, he was someone you know he has great range, he has good speed and good athleticism, but too many times he was making those mental cues, those mental errors, hitting the wrong gap or over pursuing and stuff like that, and, and he just got washed out absolutely today. Uh, the same with Josie Jewell you know, who I was a big fan of uh, dating back to when he was at Iowa and when I wrote one of my first draft profiles on him. I'm a big fan of his, but outside of that one third down play that he almost picked off, made that one sweet one-handed grab, like you didn't hear his number called today in in a positive regard. But unfortunately, when your defensive line, the people in front of you aren't really playing well, they're not sustaining blocks, they're not keeping you clean, it makes your job as an inside linebacker a lot harder. And yeah, yeah, you know, it just, you know, everything starts up at front, whether it's in the trenches on our offensive line who played for played poor today or on our defensive line, you know, games are won in the trenches. And and if the Broncos do want to get better, I mean, there's really nothing that they can do now. There's nobody out there that they could really add. That's going to be a difference maker. They've got a lot of needs, but they have to get up better up better up front on both sides of the ball, you know, for long-term success, you know, for Sean Payton's team to have a chance down the road. I mean, I don't want to throw in the towel. It's the second game of the year we're owned to. There's still 15 games left in the regular season, but that's just something that you're not going to pick guys up off the street and make a difference right now. So we're just going to have to hope that Sean Payton and whoever's GM next year, if it's still George Payton, or if he brings someone else in, uh, prioritizes beefing up those lines and getting better up front. And that's something that he did with Mickey Loomis in New Orleans. So I think that's a strong possibility to happen. It's going to have to happen. It just, you know. <laughs> with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The second half of today's game was absolute Murphy's Law. Anything that could have went wrong did go wrong, and it's it's disappointing. And that's but, been well, the Broncos' mo though like, for six years now, bad. Yeah, uh, I mean we've been blessed as fans. We've been you know we're not necessarily old or whatnot, but we remember their their Super Bowl victories. Uh, we've got to have those victories. Um, it's just disheartening for all those young fans out there, the listeners right now who are in their teens or whatnot, just getting started or whatnot. That. Uh, this is the Broncos team that they've come to know, and it's just an underachieving team that never rises to the occasion. And, you know, I, I'm hopeful that under Sean Payton's tutelage, you know, it's probably not going to be this year. Uh, you know, I was optimistic when we had all done our uh, predictions at the beginning of the year. Hey, man, I think this team's going to win 10 games, and they have a really good shot at making the playoffs, at least as a wild card. Mm-hmm. After them dropping two games, 
And I'm not going to dog the Raiders and I'm not going to dog the Commanders because no game in the NFL is an easy game. These are well-coached teams, regardless of what we think of those coaches or whatnot. These guys know how to play ball. But the Broncos starting off 0-2 against the Raiders and the Commanders. Uh, at home. At home. I, that is – it's honestly the nightmare scenario for fans. <laughs> and what do we go on the – we go to well, New I was just York, bring the Jets next week. No, I was going to bring that up. So the next three games, uh, two road games uh, at the Miami Dolphins, at the Chicago Bears, before coming back home to host the New York Jets. And this, these are the three games before a Thursday night football game in Kansas City on October 12th. So, you know, they have three games to really save their season. And I think two of those games are winnable if, <laughs> the Bears well, <laughs> are a bad football team. The, the, I mean, and like I said, I don't but like so, teams, so are the but, Broncos, you know, that's the problem. Right. You know, so it's just like, and when we were looking at, you know, this at the beginning of the season, we were thinking, okay, Raiders, Commanders, that's a win, that's a win. Oh, the Dolphins. Hey, I, mean, I, I had them four and one heading into Kansas City, so I'm already toast. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I think three and two would have been respectable, uh, redeemable, but uh, being starting out in an 0 and two holes, never good. I think we're going to have to dial up Joe and and look at teams historically who have started off 0 and 2. What what the track record is like historically for those not good teams for making, playoffs, but <laughs> you know, yeah, it can't be good. It's got to be like maybe 12, 15 percent at best. But no, I think man. it's the, I think you were 12 is about right. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's just that's just off the cuff guess or whatnot. But yeah, I mean the Dolphins game on the road. Is going to be a tough game. Historically, the Broncos, I remember a they lot of games. They suck in Florida, too. yeah. They, they, I don't, you know, we've got the altitude in Denver, but they've got the heat and humidity down in Florida. And I think the only time struggle. they, I think the only time they won was that Tebow game uh, when he came back down 15 to nothing. Well, he's from Florida. He, he was a Gator, man. He's used to yeah. it, so that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, we said that the Raiders game was a must win. I said that this week, well, you lost to the Raiders. Now the Commanders is a must win. Yeah. Uh, but the, the problem Dolph- is they, they lose at the Dolphins next week. They're 0-3. Like, what does that do to the psyche of the team? Like, I could see this team completely collapsing from there on out. Because right. they just, they have no, there's just no, I don't know. There's just something missing. Like, we've, we've, we've watched this team. We covered this team during the, the Super Bowl years. You know, there's there's just something that has been missing from this organization for years, and it's right. and the fans know what, it. The fans I can, can feel you, it. I can tell you what that is. It's players that know what it's like to win. Peyton Manning is an absolute legend in the Hall of Famer. He had a rough rookie season, but he rise to be the cream of the crop and arguably one of the best uh, top three to ever play the game. Uh, Demarcus Ware was on that Super Bowl Fifty team. Uh, Demarcus Ware was one of the greatest college players of all time and one of the greatest NFL players of all time. He knew what it was like to win. Uh, you know, the Broncos have good players on their roster. Patrick Sertan is an incredibly gifted player. He's arguably our best player. He is arguably the best cornerback in the defensive football league. Yes, he comes from a program in Alabama where he won national championships while coached under Nick Saban. He was an all-star in high school being coached by his dad, but he doesn't know what it's like to win in the NFL. Justin Simmons was a great player at Boston College. He was on some winning teams at Boston College. But ever since he's come into the NFL, he's been on Broncos teams that have struggled, that have regurgitated and rewashed and hired and fired coaches. There's been no continuity there. There's been no real developmental growth. It's, it's hard to develop as a player 
uh, to reach your apex, to reach your pinnacle, to get to where you want to be. When you are having a different position coach or a defensive coordinator that switches or an offensive coordinator that switches, but you look across this Broncos roster, you look at the players that they have, there's not many players on this team, if any at all, that know what it's like to have a winning season in the NFL outside of select few players. And when you don't have that mindset, you don't have that inner psyche or that inner ability to, to know what it's like that you've been there before. It's got to be an absolute struggle. And it's, it's one of the one things that I, I wrote in several articles too. You know, if things don't go well for this year, the Broncos are just going to have to hit the reset button. You know, Sean Payton knows what it's like to win. He's been a Super Bowl champion. He won multiple, you know, NFC South titles with the Saints and whatnot. So he, he's been there before. But a lot of these young players on the roster, even a lot of these veterans, they just don't know what it's like to win. And if you aren't winning on the field, you can never develop that confidence that Peyton has always spoke so highly of in press conferences. It's kind of like riding a bike. Once you do it, once you get on it, once, it, once you've, it's been accomplished, you don't forget that and you know what it's like. And they just don't know what it's like. And I, I'm not, I don't like saying that they're losers, but they've got a losing mentality. And I think the overall psyche of the team is rather broken. It's just something that they're used to. And it's going to take some sort of a reckoning, some sort of fire inside of them to get better, to be better, to win games. And, and I just don't know with who they've got right now in this first year staff of Sean Payne's, if that can be assembled or if that can even happen. Uh, my 10 and seven prediction right now is probably maybe went to like five, five and 12, six and six and 11. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. So We'll just have to see, but you know we're gonna we're gonna do our best to keep bringing you guys the best coverage uh, for the Broncos throughout the year, and, and try to be positive, to try those, uh, try to find those silver linings, to try to find those buildable things that are workable that have long term value. But as of right now, after this thirty five to thirty three loss to the Commanders, it uh, it seems like all hope is lost. And you know, I'm sorry to say that Broncos country. Well, I have good news. 33 is more than twice as much as 16. So, you know, there's there's that. <laughs> um, I guess on the last point here before we let, you know, get out of here, um, the trade deadline comes after the eighth game of the year on October 31st, Halloween. You know, if this team, they play, they play five home games in the first eight, and that should be an advantage, but they've dropped their first two at home. So they're at Miami, at Chicago, home against the Jets, at Kansas City, home against Green Bay, home against Kansas City. If they come out of this three and five, is that a good is that a good thing? Or I I think that's a that'd be a win to me if they came out. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Three, three and five. After three starting and, 0-2. After starting 0-2 and with the, what they face, 3-5 and is not a bad record. But if we're talking about trade deadline, if we're talking about jettisoning off players, depending on what their record is, we have to think about the long-term value of these players respective to Sean Payton's franchise and the identity he wants to build and the culture he wants to build here. And that's that's why I brought that up because at three and five, as a, as a head coach mentality, I'm thinking, okay, there's a chance here we can turn this around. At two and six, I'm selling. Two and six, everybody's up for sale. <laughs> and I it's, mean, you know, but at three and five with nine games left, I don't know, man. That's, that's like you're, you're two games away from 500. That's not a season over kind of deal, you know? No, but it's one of those things that Sean Payton's going to have to really get into his heart of hearts and dig deep into his gut and really think, you know, I mean, who better than the head coach would know if his team's got the mental fortitude or the capabilities to honestly, I mean, at this point in time, okay, so they're three and five instead of two and six. Well, what's acceptable? Uh, nine and seven season. I mean, not nine and seven. Uh, nine and eight season. Uh, eight and nine season or whatnot. I mean, if they're a, if 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 you're at three and five and thinking that you know you're going to maybe be a five hundred ball club but miss the playoffs, by all means, get on the phones and start dialing people up. Um, See, that's I, I know where you stand on that, but I, I'm telling, I'm pretty sure no head coach would would do that. At, at three and five, you know, to end the season around eight or eight and nine, nine and eight. I mean, that's some momentum. Like the think of the Detroit Lions last year, you know. Right. And so, but at two and six, I, season's over. I would I would put everybody up for auction at the trade deadline. Right. You know, you know it is what it is. Things, yeah, it's one of those things. Maybe you and I disagree on that. I mean. Uh, the difference between three and five and two and six to me is really not that big of a difference. I mean, I, I actually agree with you. I'm just saying I'm right, trying and, to think like a head coach who don't right. think like us on the armchair side, you, you know, and, and, and a head coach, Sean Payton being a first year head coach here, obviously, he's gonna win. <laughs> yeah, he wants to win. But then again, he's probably also a, a realist. Um, I would have to say that based off, you know, the, the limited time that we've had to, to be able to analyze his press conference stuff. He's not really uh, a bullshitter or a sugar coder. He just tells it like it is. And I, like I had mentioned earlier, he probably has a better feel for the pulse of the team or whatnot. And, and a lot of these guys, you have to think of it this way. Like he didn't pick these guys. These That's for the most part, the, like outside yeah. of this free agent class and this draft class, he has absolutely no tie to any of these players other than the fact that they might be good. And he inherited this roster of these players. So and that's exactly what I could see playing out is he'd be like, yeah, I'm dealing with George Payton's roster. So, right. And, 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 the and so he gets that LA's extra, roster. he gets that mulligan year. George Payton's out. <laughs> right. And, and they bring in a new GM next year. You know, we've seen that time and again, um, you know, in this league. So I totally agree. agree with you there. And, you know, Frankly, if if they if they're anywhere near two and six, 
I think they should try to get as much draft capital as they can. You never know what's going to happen, man. There could be there could be a team that with the number one overall pick who already has a franchise quarterback that doesn't want to take, you know, Caleb Williams, and right. you got multiple first rounders, man. That that gets you gets you a chance, an opportunity. Right, and, and, you know, and Caleb Williams is obviously the cream of the crop that everyone's talking about. But Drake May and some of these other guys, top five pick. I mean, there's going to be. Uh, I mean. Caleb Williams falling into that. Gosh, and I mean, you know, I love the draft. I love free agency. I love trading, et cetera. It's just like I did not want to be two games in the year talking about completely just <laughs> blowing, blowing this up. But here we are. But, you know, I mean, they're going to have options, uh, you know, if they're going to perform this badly. So, I mean, you know, Caleb Williams would be an, an ideal uh, a player or whatnot. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, if, if, they're, they're, if they're staring at the end of the gun barrel and they're two and six, you might as well just try to obtain as much draft capital as possible. Um, but then maybe being desperate like that, hopefully that wouldn't negatively impact the trade value of some of these guys too much. But at that point in time, everybody is fair game. Everyone, you know, on the roster, uh, barring the potential of the, the, the dead cap that could be incurred. They're just going to be certain players on the roster with the contracts that they have that trading them is is know, impossible yeah. or is impossible and it wouldn't be worth the the middling mid-round pick there, there's probably make. three guys that that would three or four guys you know justin simmons would be one Cortland sutton jerry judy um maybe garrett Bowles. but there's really not that many players that are that are good enough to be traded at a trade deadline you know yeah for and, for, and, for significant compensation Right, because you're going to have to think that the teams that would be looking to acquire assets or, or like that are probably pretty well set at those positions, um, especially left tackle. I mean, a winning team is more than likely going to have a good left tackle. Um, not knocking Justin Simmons, he's been a phenomenal player for the Broncos during his career. He's been a leader and a stalwart in this community with what he's done for Denver, uh, the youth, all those programs, et cetera. But uh, gosh, who was it that the, the the Seahawks had several years ago that they traded off for a couple of first round picks, or they traded a couple of first round? Yeah, picks. like Earl no Thomas. Gonna, no, yeah, no, I can't. Oh. No, Jamal Adams. Jamal, yeah, the Jamal Adams trade. from the Jets. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, there might be a team that would be like, oh, Justin Simmons, he's a perennial Pro Bowl player, he's an All Pro player. We might throw you a second, third rounder. Uh, for yeah, because he's thirty, you know, he's on that yeah, age. We're not gonna. I mean, he's not. I mean, the Broncos struck absolute gold by getting what they did with Bradley Chubb last year. Uh, yeah, that, that that that's not. You're not gonna get that uh, type of return on a older. I mean, he's not old. I mean, safeties can play quite some time. But yeah, he's but got, at thirty, uh, he's not gonna get two first round picks. You know, you know, he'd and probably get like a third. No. You know, but yeah, second or a third to a team that needs help in the secondary. Um, that, that, that's a competitive team that's in the hunt that needs, you know, that back end, uh, ball Hawk. Yeah, I could see that happening, but you're not going to get premium picks really for any of those guys. Cause virtually all I of could them see, that mean, I could see Jerry Judy probably getting a, a first rounder. If he, if he takes off again before the trade deadline, Cortland Sutton, probably not, but I yeah. could see, I think of all, of all the guys, the only first round talent that, that we could get, you know, the Broncos could get that kind of conversation for would be Jerry Judy. Yeah, but, but maybe if we trade them all and the combination of it equals out to a first rounder. But at, at any rate, you know, if they're two and six, three and five. You need picks. You need picks we, if you're going to play. You know? We need picks. And, and the fact is, you know, trading for Sean Payton, whether or not 
fans thought that was a good idea. I honestly was one of those who did not want to trade for Sean Payton. I had a different coach in mind. Um, the Broncos are out a second round pick this year due to that. And they did have an extra third round pick from other, I mean, gosh, they've made so many back end day three, day two <laughs> roster trades. It's really hard to keep track. I think they've got a one, a three, and they should have had two threes, but they traded a third rounder to move up for Riley Moss, who still hasn't played yet. So I think they've got a one, their three, which we don't know if it's the original three or the they, three that they got from someone else. They they uh, don't they won't know. It's their yeah. own or via Saints. So it's like right. We don't so, know yet. So it's a one, a three. Same I with their that, fourth. That's their own or or via Dolphins. <laughs> right. So it's a one, a three, a four. I think that they've got two, two fives, fives and two sevens. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, and it's just like, okay, so if we're not a good team this year and we're picking in the top 10, it's whatever, but okay. Let's just say that we really need a quarterback uh, or we need whoever and yeah. they're picking wherever. I mean, if you're sitting at five or six, I mean, we're staring at a scenario where, you know, if you want a young quarterback, you have to go and get them. But the Broncos roster, as is, is not even close to being complete. But we're facing a real situation here where we're going to eat a lot of dead money by jettisoning off players. And we haven't even mentioned his name today. I don't think the whole podcast, Russell Wilson, if things go bad this year and it just does not look like, well, the marriage did not work for one year, the Broncos might just have to get rid of him but they're going to incur $50 million of dead cap between the next two years, which is going to suck, which just necessitates the fact that you've got to go and get a rookie quarterback. And where I'm going with this is and why we might need to consider trading players for picks is that, you know, to move from five to one or from eight to one or eight to two or whatnot, they're going to have to mortgage several years, just like the 49ers did with the Trey Lance trade to get to that spot if they you know finish middling and not dead worst in the league and you've got a roster that's not even close to being complete but you're going to have to give up all those picks just to get the guy that you want to leave it and have scraps to deal with everything else it's just oh and two right now just not the most ideal situation uh we're we're hoping for a win next week against the dolphins and if not we're going to be oh and three and we're going to have to come up with other interesting things to talk about because (laughs) Talking about the yeah. Broncos losing and just the past well, six years. And I mean, we can always look forward to the future. And that's why I love doing the draft profiles and that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, looking at the college stuff, but it's just like, man, can we just not enjoy one Sunday, one Thursday night or one Monday well, night rather than just, and I'm a very optimistic person in life. Like I'm a, I'm an optimistic, hopeful person. And, and it's just been the doldrums and very hard to write and blog and podcast about a team that you want to do well, but it just doesn't seem like they're ever going to get there. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of wanted to end on a positive because I thought it was uh, something Scotty Payne at Mile High Report said. Um, he pointed out that Russell Wilson through, through two games has thrown for 485 yards for five touchdowns and one pick. And he said, if you told me that would happen and the Broncos would be 0-2, I'd want to slap you. <laughs> so, you know, he he is pointing out that, hey, Russell Wilson's playing well and they're still losing. So there's it feels like maybe they're figuring things out. Maybe this team could be good. Um, you know, it is only two games. You got to keep telling ourselves it's only two games. You can't let the last six years like override our negativity. But it sucks. You know, it still sucks. Um, I really hope they figure it out and, and they and they 
they come together and start winning some games. But right now, I'm I'm feeling a little downtrodden. So we're gonna take the L. You know, we're we're gonna continue covering the Broncos every day, and you know, it's gonna be a tough game in Miami. I don't know if they can come out with a win there. The whole narrative shifts, but I, I yep. am I do think they'll end up dropping that game too. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, me but, too. <laughs> I can't lie. But the next two games are are totally winnable. You know, got to focus on if you lose the next game, you still have a chance to come out two and three heading into a big AFC West game. So two, two and three is better than zero and five. It is. So <laughs> you know, take the L. We'll move on. Um, but yeah, that's all I got to say. And I guess we can wrap it up there. Um, Special edition post game, uh, something something Broncos. We kind of stole it from Jess Place and and Mike DeSico. So uh, I'm sure they'll be back on Tuesday with their podcast. So um, that's it from us for Mile High Broncos podcast. And go with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Broncos.